It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We sucked. The second half, we sucked. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Horse. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. Coaching, we our coaching did a horrible job. The players did a horrible job. We got our ass kicked in that second half. It sucked. It stunk. You know, I've never thought about it until now, but I guess that clip can uh, spill over the the edges of football and go right into a bunch of other sports, can it? Yeah, I edit it so it could fit any sport, actually. So if there is a second half in a sport, oh yeah, we we can use Jim Moore for that if it's not great. Dang, that was, um, was not good. No. That was not good. No, that felt like a chore in the second half, finishing out that game. It's like, I'm here. I look forward to this game all day long, and I'm going to stick to it until the bitter end. But it feels like a chore watching the final 12 minutes of this game. Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was really not much of a contest. I mean, you come out, what, down five or six or something at half? You come out, cut it to like four, I think, and it's like, okay, we got something here. We're within range, and that was it. Separation from from UCF, we couldn't answer, and it's just an easy, comfortable win for UCF at home. I mean, when you go on the road and you put up abysmal shooting numbers like we did, 37%, from the field, not going to cut it. No. And your best players offensively, your three starting guards, what they had, five points, six points, and eight points between Los, yeah. Owe, and McCollum. That's just that's just not going to do it. I mean, OU trailed the entire game. They got down 17 at one point. But, you know, there, there's some games where maybe you go on a small run and it feels like maybe, okay, here's a chance to threaten here. Unfortunately, I never really felt that possibility at all in the second half with this team. Yeah. In, nope. in fact, um, when I look at Saturday's game, it feels like it could easily be the worst performance of the year up to this point. It was just all, all around; it was pretty bad, especially offensively. Yeah, and like the 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 thing about it is, it's like UCF. It's not like they just killed it. You know, it's not like they were just pouring it in from three. I mean, they shot. They hit six threes, six out of twenty for thirty percent, and it's just it was. They got to the free throw basketball. line thirty-two yeah. times, which really helps. And hey, yeah. OU did hit the free throws on Sat eighteen to twenty-two. That's, right. That's much better than what it's been recently. But yeah, I mean, it was what fifteen turnovers. What UCF had sixteen points off those turnovers. They got to the yeah. free throw line again. It was just I. I Sloppy game from OU. Tough to get anything going offensively. Just a 
poor showing on the offensive side, no doubts. I know. I knew I, I felt too good about it on Friday. I knew it. Well, you know, it's um, it, it's interesting. You did not play two great basketball games. In fact, I would say that you played a bad basketball game and about as average of a game as you could put out, and you went one and one on the on the two game road trip. So you got to be thrilled with that. But the problem is, I, at this point, I just don't know how good we are. Well, I think to your point is, okay, you went one and one last week, and on the surface, that's great. But when you look at the actual product of how the team's playing, it's not great right now. And the last time they've played a game where you've walked away and said, they look good tonight, was what, the West Virginia win at home a, a couple of weeks ago? Is that right? Perhaps because I mean, you didn't. You, you say that you don't think they played necessarily a great game last week. Okay, well if they didn't do that last week, then they didn't do it the week before in back-to-back losses. So it's probably been a couple of weeks since since you thought that. Then it feels like it, and you know you getting that road win at Kansas State and not losing three straight. You feel like you kind of dodged a bullet there like mentality-wise and confidence-wise to be able to, you know, you answered, you put an end to that little that losing spell that you were on, but you still, it's not like you've turned it around with a game, like a get-right game where you're hitting some shots, you got some confidence going. I don't know. It's I, a frustrating team, no doubt. Like, I'm not going to give I'm not going to not watch the games anymore. I was really excited about Saturday's game. Like, I'm still going to watch every single team and, and hope they or every game and hope they win. But yeah, they, they are they are definitely frustrating to watch. That's for sure. Well the problem for them is I don't know. What's the number they gotta get to win wise? Uh you would uh, eight and ten in conference, which I think would put them at twenty wins on the season. Yeah. So eight and ten in conference I mean, right now they are uh, a four and five in conference, so you need, you would think, four more conference wins. Well, I've got bad news. Uh, you're about to hit a stretch of basketball that is going to be incredibly difficult. Yeah, that's why you need to get two this week. You need to get half of them this week yeah. at home. You really do. Yeah, well... I mean, they can beat BYU and they can beat Oklahoma State at home. There is no doubt. They can also lose to both of those basketball teams. <laughs> <It's true>. So, <laughs> Good point by Cherokee Sooner. All the more reason to hate Orlando. And it's the best point that's been made already yeah, and the best point that will fair. be made to all day today. I guess that is fair. 918 says, best thing anyone can do, stop watching this team. If they happen to win, watch the highlights. Your lives will be so much better. I live for the pain, though. I live. Yeah. I, I like to feel when it comes to OU basketball. And, buddy, do they make you feel this time of the year? <sighs> Tell me what's wrong, though. Uh, half court. I mean, they're just not a great half court team. Um, when it gets bogged down, like when it's bad, it gets it gets really bad for them offensively, and they just yeah. don't have many other ways to to win a game at that point. You know. You know. McCollum is—he is just—he's 
He's fallen off. I don't. I don't think he's got much confidence right now. You know, early on, his handle was so good, and he was, you know, creating space and creating opportunities and driving and dishing and hitting the outside shot. And it feels like it's all just kind of left him here recently, and then he just can't really get any momentum going. I mean, it's he's still heaving it up there. I mean, the volume hasn't slowed down a whole heck of a lot, but. You know, outside of the nice game he had at Kansas State where he got to the foul line a bunch and generated some points that way, I mean, it's it just has not been good. I mean, over the over the last five games I'm looking at here, he hasn't he hasn't been close to fifty percent. I mean, the closest he was was forty six percent from the field, but he's had games of twenty percent, of eighteen percent, of twenty seven percent. I mean, not not playing an efficient game. Yeah, like no, like the, you can't the, survive like the that. point total was okay this past Tuesday, but yeah, it's not super efficient. It, it's taken a high volume of shots to to even get to some of those low numbers. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. Recruiting Boomer says, "What's wrong with them? They have a starting big man that fouls eighty feet from the basket on a nightly basis." Yeah. Clinton Tulsa says, I just tuned in and thought you were talking about last year's team, LOL. <laughs> Tulsa Mike says, every game I've watched on TV, they've lost. I feel I'm the fault. Yeah, I I understand that feeling 100%. I start feeling the same way because I'll walk by the TV, I'll sit down, catch a, you know, a segment, it's like, boy, they are not playing well right now. Why don't I go do something else, see if they can pull it together whenever I'm away from the television? And the problem is that hasn't seemed to help either. Teddy did that. He walked away, put on a black T-shirt, black leather pants, <laughs> painted his face, and got ready for the Tool concert on Saturday. That's what he did. Oh, what do you mean? I went to sleep in that get-up Friday night. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Shame on me for not thinking that you woke up that way on Saturday morning on concert yeah. day. Uh, like a little kid jumping out of bed, fully clothed, ready to go. Let me uh, let me read two more, and I'll ask you about Saturday night. 502 says, hard to watch, definitely. Try being a transplant from Louisville, Kentucky, and your two teams yeah. are Louisville and OU. Ooh, yeah, Louisville's really, 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 really bad. Yeah, and that's a that's a basketball school that's – Falling on some hard times when it comes to the hoops. Sorks Vodka says, I'm never this guy, but I am but I might have to be this time. If we can't find a way to beat Oklahoma State and things spiral out of control, sadly we might need to start looking for Porter's replacement, and I hate that. Porter is a hell of a guy. Yeah, it's a results-driven business. You know, I, well, I guess if... If you don't beat Oklahoma State, the writing is going to kind of be on the wall when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Um, it's going to get really difficult. If you can't bank those two Oklahoma State games, you got problems. Yeah, that's. Uh, there's been a lot of anger after games this year. There was a lot mm-hmm. of anger after the Kansas loss, a lot of anger after the Texas loss, the Tech loss, but... If you lose to Oklahoma State at home this Saturday, that'll be the most anger that um, that's come from the fan base in uh, th- this entire season. I feel like there's no, no excuse to lose that one at home on Saturday. You can't. Do you flat out cannot lose that home game. 
Um, I mean, your best opportunity to win at home the rest of the way. I mean, BYU, I mean, they're pretty good. I haven't seen much of them. I know they're a top 25 basketball team, and they've been pretty solid all year. But I, I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, but your best opportunity for wins are going to be your two Oklahoma State games, and then you got Cincinnati at home. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think that BYU game is next. Everything else is going to be very, very hard. I'm at not- Baylor, Kansas at home, at Iowa State, Houston at home, at Texas. I'm not going to fault you for not watching much BYU basketball this year. Yeah. However, <laughs> knowing what you know about BYU, if you had to take a guess as to what their basketball team is all about, what would you guess? Um, I'd say they have a really good free throw percentage. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'd say they play good, <laughs> tough defense, uh, situationally a sound basketball team. Probably have a marksman or two from outside the uh, Or maybe the arc. five. Yeah, maybe or five. Or maybe five. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's without pro- looking at the stats, that would probably be my assumption as well about uh, BYU. But just, just a hunch there. Uh, the number one offense in the conference at 84.4 uh, points per game. Uh, okay, what was, the, uh, what was the experience like on Saturday to a uh, concert? It was incredible. It was incredible. Fantastic. Seats were great. Uh, packed house. The set list was immaculate. They sounded fantastic. No complaints from this guy. Everything I hoped it would be. Where do awesome you, show. Are you like? Uh, I'm just trying to picture what you're like during a conference or during a uh, concert. I wonder if it's like the show when we're in studio yeah. together or somewhere when. A rock song comes on out of the break, and you're just air drumming the entire time. Maybe a little there's air a guitar. Little, there's a little bit of that going on, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. I think a lot of people classify Tool as a like a heavy metal band, but it's not really a heavy metal band that you're like uh, mosh pitting and, uh, and head banging and going crazy. So, I mean... It's honestly pretty mellow, but it was awesome. It was fantastic. What did they? What was the last song of the night? The Pot? Sober? Uh, Stink Fist. Uh, okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. Glad I did ask. <laughs> oh, man. And it was great. And it was great. Ended, uh, ended on a nice note. Very, very good. It was, it was perfect. Perfect evening. No. Uh, I'm glad. I'm and there glad. was a bunch of people there, man. It was a packed house. It was awesome. Uh, Slick Sooner says, man, catching a tool show with Ted is an all-time bucket list moment. Ted, I'm bald and buff, too. We'd make quite the duo. <laughs> 30 reps of 225, baby. Dang, okay. What was that? Who was I, that? I guess Slick Sooner saying 30 reps of 225. Oh, I'm not nice. sure what the 30 reps of 225 is. I'm guessing the bench. That's what nor- most people would normally be referencing. But That's pretty good. We need to get him a combine invite. I'm guessing the 40s probably slow. Yeah, but the reps on the bench are, are great. Um, BYU has five coaches on the floor, says Recruiting Boomer. <laughs> Burley Boomer says they're all 32 years old. Slim yeah. Brady, they're all hustle and heart. Yeah, we got a, a lot of BYU uh, basketball jokes on the text line, which I love. And last I checked, 
I love that BYU's coming to town tomorrow and there's $2 beers available. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going right uh, to be fantastic. Hopefully we, we – I know people are frustrated right now, but hopefully we get a good crowd out to see these guys. They need this one. Need it bad. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Stay with us. It's the dead of winter. Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, let's hand out our offensive MVP award for the 2024 Pro Bowl games, and that goes to Baker Mayfield. Let's go. Uh, Baker, Eli said that he felt like you would be clutch. Uh, You could come into the game and get the win at any point in time. What do you think was a key for you today, getting a huge dub in the Pro Bowl? A lot of guys made plays today. Um, it was honestly just so much fun. Got to watch the whole first half, stay loose a little bit, stay involved, stay locked in, but uh, just taking advantage of the opportunities and just happy to be here. Pretty awesome. Pretty cool day yesterday in the Pro Bowl. I think I watched my first Pro Bowl ever yesterday afternoon with Baker Mayfield and C.D. Lamb. Baker takes home Pro Bowl Offensive Player MVP and I got to be honest with you, man. Like the NFC was down a couple of scores going in right before halftime. And the plan, I guess, was to play Baker Mayfield late in the game. Even though he led the NFC to a victory, I was a little bit surprised that it was Baker who was the Pro Bowl offensive MVP. I thought it was going to be CeeDee Lamb as the Pro Bowl offensive MVP because he had three touchdowns in the game. But no argument here. Cool to see Baker cap off. Just, man, an incredible season. Incredible. Yep. It, it's awesome to see him, um, you know, have some good mojo going and some good publicity, a lot of eyeballs on what he's doing. Um, you know, just it's all worked out really well that he was able to 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 go to the Pro Bowl to you know have some fun in some of the skills competitions and and hang out with those guys and, and get some TV time. As they're working his contract down there in Tampa, and and it just it does him good. He's he kind of and I I do not mean this in a bad way. I mean it on a in a good way. He kind of feeds off that attention. You know, the like the more he's out there, the more in front of the cameras and in front of the fans, the better he performs. That was a glorified scrimmage. Yes, everyone knows what it is. It was a, a flag football yeah. game. But he won offensive MVP. So does being a pro bowler, offensive MVP, does that change the conversation at all between his agent and the Bucks or whatever else team, whoever else they're talking to? Or does it not matter? I don't think it matters. Now, he may have like some incentives built into the contract about making pro bowls and all pro and those type of things and playoff wins or Super Bowl appearances and and that type of stuff, but I don't think I don't think that's going to factor in at all. I mean, I'm sure the agent will bring it up, but I mean, I don't think anyone's really watching that and saying. I mean, even if it was a real Pro Bowl game, and, and taking much from it as to as to what your contract's going to be, other than you know the fact that it looks like a bunch of people like him again, yeah, and. I mean, that's reason for Tampa Bay to sign him as, as much as anything else. I mean, it, it 
obviously you got to have skill. You got to be able to win, but it also helps. You want you want guys on your team that are fan favorites across the league. You know, I I'm not watching that Pro Bowl game yesterday if not for Baker Mayfield. Probably like a lot of people, I watched pretty much all of it because Baker was playing in it. I will say this: like if he's not there next year, I don't know how much of it I'll watch. But the very end of that game was actually pretty entertaining. I, all, yeah. the, all the stuff they did throughout the week, starting on Thursday night, in between quarters, it took the NFL a while to figure out how to do their Pro Bowl week. I, I think they've they've tinkered with it quite a bit, and I think they found what works for them best. Because the final five, eight minutes of that game yesterday, it's a flag football game, but it was really close. It was it was entertaining. I actually shockingly in, enjoyed it towards the tail end. Yeah, it's kind of like how the – you know the basketball all-star game is it's it is uh, an exhibition that's not taken serious until the last 5 minutes if it's tight and then you'll see the guys kind of buckle down a little bit and it'll it'll get pretty serious there to close things out so now i agree i mean that's about as much as you're going to be able to do with it yep. you know i mean i like I, Eli and Peyton coaching against each other that's a fun little element to it the competition well, between those two yeah. guys. I mean, just it, they, they did a nice job. I, it, It's not the best thing on TV, but for what it is, it's it's fine. There are people out there that will watch it specifically for those two guys, uh, like my wife. My wife will watch Peyton and Eli. Uh, if Jason Kelsey is out there, she'll watch uh, because of him. She wanted to watch the offensive line competition stuff. What? Which I think is incredibly weird, but I she, she's the uh, she's the the person the demographic that was sucked in by the Taylor Swift thing, and now all of a sudden she's locked into some football stuff. Okay, well that's a lot right there. Let's back up to Peyton and Eli because they're mm-hmm. not in the whole Taylor Swift realm. Nope. Is she watching the? Monday night maining cast and obsessed with that. Like you got to explain that one. To no, me. I think it's just the like the crossover to mainstream. Like I don't know the appearances that they've made on different shows and uh, the commercial stuff that they do. Like she knows those guys. Doesn't know a whole lot of players in the NFL, but she knows those guys. And when she sees them on, they're entertaining enough that she'll watch. I mean, I like Peyton and Eli, too, but I just it surprises me that she's a fan. Well, Not so much Jason Kelsey, hey, but those two. It surprises me, too. It also surprises me that she will binge watch and listen to the Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey podcast. The New Heights, is that what it's called? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like all that's three crazy. hours of it or however long it is. That's uh, beautiful. That's awesome. No, it's not beautiful. And I think it's great. Because I, every ten minutes I get called in from the other room to watch something or hear something or explain something, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's fine. Um, it's just I'm not a Travis Kelsey fan. But I am a all. Jason Kelsey fan now. Yes. I, I didn't. Out of all this nonsense that's happened out of all this, I have become a Jason Kelsey fan. I, I think I he's know. a cool dude. I think he's a good dude. In fact, 
He said this about Baker over the weekend, which is pretty awesome. I've always had tremendous respect for, for Baker. Um, he's a fighter. He's a, he's a guy that wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, you know, he's a guy that motivates people. You can tell that just by any team he's been on. You know, you can tell guys rally around him and like enjoy playing with him. And uh, I think that he's a guy that, um, you know, we all have ups and downs in our career and are faced with adversity. And that's how you handle that and how you keep pushing forward. And he's clearly a fighter and, you know, he's, he's showing the world what he can do. So I, I absolutely loved uh, watching. Unfortunately, we had to be on the tail, uh, tail end of it, uh, the end of the year, but I definitely love watching Baker play this year. Respect, Jason Kelsey. Hope you have a good time at the Super Bowl. I'm sure yep. you'll take your shirt off and act crazy, but whatever. That's fine. Do your thing. Man, can you imagine how crazy Vegas is going to be for the Super Bowl? Well, you didn't even need to finish that last part of it. You could have just left it as is before you said Super Bowl. I know. I know. Uh, it's almost one of those things where it seems so cool, but then at the same time it's like, you know what? I'm actually really glad I'm not going because I imagine everything is going to be so outrageously expensive. Like It would wanna, just I, rob I, the fun out of all of I it. I want to look at uh, this segment before we hit a break, what a, what a room is running at Caesars this week. I don't know why I picked Caesars. It was just random. I just – you think there's even any available at this point? I'm sure they leave a small handful available for people that want to pay an absolute arm and a leg. I'm sure you have a casino host. Why don't you call your casino host out there in Vegas? I don't. I do not have a casino host. But like this is the week you want to be one because oh, there's going to be so many parties going on and events. and But, you know, I feel like everything is – going to be so crazy expensive that unless you're like a a a famous person a star like you're not even going to be able to get in anywhere cover uh cover just in a place 200 300 bucks for yeah uh, for yeah yeah especially on like to actually watch the super bowl yeah probably two or three hundred bucks but in order to even get up to the line and get noticed, you're probably going to have to be given $100 handshakes on your way in the doors. So let's see. Let's look at uh, Saturday night, March 9th. Let's see if they have any availability. One room, two adults, no children. Here is Las Vegas, 133 a night on Saturday. Hey. Wait a second. You said March 9th. Yeah. Oh, I've got it um, March 8th to March 10th is what I have. Well, or excuse me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my bad. You're in the wrong month. I don't know. Why did it automatically take me there? Okay. There You'll be go. late for the Super Bowl if you go in March. One month. Uh, we got the horseshoe at 97 bucks. Hey. Harris for 110 Paris for 135 there's Okay. No there's no way. This can't be right. Caesars at 284 is what we're looking at. Okay. Wow. Maybe that's just to walk in the uh, front door to get there. That ain't bad, I guess. Maybe it's been one of those things where everyone thought like I did, so nobody shows up. It's like, no way. There's going to be too many people there. It's the um, it's the old Yogi Berra, nobody goes any, goes there anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> uh, the Cromwell for 409 and 9. Okay, these aren't as ridiculous as I thought. But, again, I think that these are just prices just to walk in the front door, not to actually yeah. get a room. LaDonna says, I watch for Baker and CD get rid of all the Taylor Swift crap. And Jalen Hurts, watch for him as well with three clapping emojis. Yeah. Well, I got bad news for you. 
you are not going to be able to avoid the Taylor Swift stuff for the Super Bowl. Nope. Matter of fact, I, there's probably a a channel. She'll probably be wearing those stupid Apple glasses or whatever those things are, and you can probably watch the game through her point of view up there in whatever suite she's in. I'm Haven't guessing. you heard? She's flying from Japan um, for her show all, all the way, and she's going to get to Vegas the night before the Super Bowl. It's a big deal. Wow. Amazing. You need to not watch the Super Bowl with your wife this year is what it sounds like to me. You need to find no, are you kidding plans. me? It's going to be great. I'll be able to hang out, and she can tell me what happened. You know how the roles are reversed? What happened? Who was it? Who scored? Well, she can, uh, she can fill me in on what's going on. I don't know what the real uh, hotel prices are. Someone's sending me Park MGM's like 760 a night. New York's five eighty a night. I don't know what I pulled. I just pulled up Caesars.com. So yeah, I just, I don't know what I pulled up, but that's what it's showing. I still thought that that would be more than that, but I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hang on, at Newcastle Casino six five one three four three nine Knipplemeyer text line. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Join Toby. You have an amazing ability to be irritating. You know that? And TJ. Yeah, I know. Friday, February 9th from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. My very best friend in the entire world, Tina the J. Perry on the other side of the glass. I think I just proved <laughs> who the true influencer is in this state. At Neighborhood Jam on Main Street in Norman. They're starting to serve breakfast now here at Neighborhood Jam. That's... It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Josh Pate over at 24-7 Sports has something interesting out. Uh, we put it out yesterday. Current SEC program power rankings and how he came out with his SEC power rankings, OU and Texas included, of course. Hmm. He values a rolling three-year snapshot of the following. On-field performance talent acquisition, stability, and resource pool. All right? Okay. So with those in mind, here's his top ten. At ten, he's got Mizzou. At nine, he has Auburn. Eight, A&M. Seven, Tennessee. Six, Ole Miss. Five, Oklahoma. Four, LSU. Three, Texas to Alabama, and then Georgia at number one. So OU at five with his three-year snapshot of on-field performance, talent acquisition, stability, and resource pool. Is mm-hmm. OU too high, too low, or dead on balls accurate in that power ranking? Probably dead on balls accurate. Um, here's the thing. We should be higher than that. But we haven't earned it on the field. Nope. That's just where what it comes down to. On-field performance has not been good enough. There's how many games over the last two years have we controlled and lost? Uh, this is not a fun exercise. We did this on Friday, but okay. Uh, Texas Tech, Brent's first year. That that yeah. one for sure. Florida, West Virginia, West Virginia, Florida State, I think falls under that as well. 
So that's an easy three from year one. And then I would say all, all three. three from this year. Yeah, so it's six. In six games in two years, you controlled and melted late. I mean, you, you can't. You can't ask to be ranked much better than where you're ranked right there. You know, it's, five might be very kind. I mean, with those things in mind, if we're doing a three-year rolling snapshot, I know, I know. Now, I I believe that they're going to end up being better than that. At least I hope. But I can't I can't blame anyone for placing them there. Makes a lot of sense to me. Georgia at one and Alabama at two, I, I definitely agree with. And I agree that Georgia's at one and Bama's at two. No argument there. That's well, where- it's interesting, though, that stability-wise, I don't know. Acquisition of talent and stability have taken a massive hit at Alabama. I mean, we think. I mean, well, acquisition of ta- a lot of that talent is gone, so we do know that. Yeah. But okay, and stability. I mean, stability. Like, even though we don't know what it's going to look like under DeBoer, and maybe they're going to be great, but the fact that everyone is questioning it means the stability is pretty much in question, right? You know, I mean, that's kind of what that exactly means. I think that they've just been good for so long that it's hard to to force yourself to, to put them in a spot further back than number two. Texas being at number three is pretty aggressive. Now, it, it looks like their roster is going to be pretty solid again next year, and I do think Sark's going to be there a while. But if we're doing a three-year snapshot, I, they were a five-win team in one of those three years. Yeah. So this That's is true. very – very heavily focused on what they were able to do this past year, which is make the playoff. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's weighted. There's some recency bias in there on Texas. Like, there's recency bias on Texas, and there's past bias with Alabama. But, you know, Alabama has been so good that you kind of have to give them that. Texas, you know... Perception is reality to some degree, so, I mean, with what they've been able to do in the transfer portal and in recruiting, they made the college football playoff, you do have to uh, give it up to them for that. I like how A&M is still ranked number eight after they just had to fire a coach, like stability, they just had to fire a coach with the biggest buyout we've ever seen in collegiate sports before, but they're right. sitting at number eight. Um, I didn't read a particular school in the top ten because they weren't in it. And if I started with the top 12, they wouldn't be in that either. Florida, all the way back at number 13 in these power rankings, only ahead of Arkansas at 14, Mississippi State at 15, and Vanderbilt at 16. Jeez, they have fallen. Yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't looked at old Mississippi State's schedule to see what Levy's up against in his first season. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be difficult. Whatever it is, but I think I think I remember looking back at that right when he got that job, and it was maybe to start the schedule. It was like, geez, that's a that's a gauntlet. Well, uh, they go Eastern Kentucky at Arizona State, Toledo. That's their non-con. Yeah, that's easy. Or their and then Florida at home, 
maybe you can pull something special off there. Who knows? But then you go at Texas, at Georgia yes. in back-to-back weeks. That's well, you actually you've got a bye week in between A&M at home, Arkansas at home. Then you got Massachusetts, then at Tennessee, Missouri, and then at Ole Miss. Okay. So that's what I remember. They're at Ole Miss. They're at Tennessee. They're at Texas, and they're at Georgia in yeah. his first year. Whew. Hey. He gets to uh, really sightsee across the SEC for uh, for year one as head coach. That'll be cool. Jeez, he could take Guy Fieri's spot with all the hot spots <laughs> across the southeast with that schedule for sure. Yeah, that is – hey, that's a fun for the fan base to travel if you got a good football team. You better but... love to travel if you're a Mississippi State fan. Uh, that's no kidding. the highlight of the year, seeing some new places. Slim Brady says that's actually not that hard of a schedule, I don't think. Those four road games are pretty what? tough. Well, hang on a second. They play um, They play. Ole Miss was a 10-win team. Tennessee was a 9-win team. Georgia was a 10-win team. Texas was a 10-win team. I mean, I don't know. And all of those are just the road games. Well, Ole Miss, I think, technically won 11, right? 11. Georgia well, yeah, won – 13, I think. I know you're just saying 10 plus. Yeah. Missouri won 11. Georgia won 13. Ole Miss won 11. And what did I say? Tennessee won nine. They were nine and four. So. I don't know if you'll find four tougher road games on someone's schedule than what Mississippi State has next year. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, they play what they get. At least they get some winnable home games. Florida, A&M, Arkansas. Uh, winnable home games for him. So, no, it'll be interesting to see how that's good luck, Leb. How it all it. unfolds. That's right. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. The Showplace Theater is the best place for live music and with some of the best acts around. Ryan Bingham with the Texas Gentleman, April 19th. Kip Moore, April 20th. Chelsea Handler, May 3rd. I was with my brother the other day, and I said, why are you even a parent? I said, you're not very good at it. (laughs) And Brantley Gilbert, May 10th. Riverwind, the Metro's best casino experience. Does your banker know your business, the challenges you face, and what makes you unique? At Armstrong Bank, we're dedicated to understanding your business and working alongside you. A true partnership is... Save it in your phone in case you do have an emergency repair. Cavens is on the call 24 hours a day. That's Cavens Group at 405-573-3048. Before we get to the text line, I think we talked on Friday. Hey, Cliff's leaving USC. He's going to be the OC at the at the Raiders. That'll be interesting to see how that works out. And then today it's... Yeah, just kidding. Cliff's not going to the Raiders. He's going across country to the Commanders to be their OC. They got the number two yeah. pick in the draft. Yeah, I wonder what changed there with Old Cliff. I don't know. Um, it's interesting. What what's what's maybe happening with that that number two pick that would change his his mind? Well, that's what know? I was about to say. Like that could be a conspiracy. Is that somehow he knows they're going to try to trade up to number one and get Caleb? But trade up to number one and get Caleb or. Um, you know, whoever's at number one or trades into number one is is maybe going with someone else. I don't know. I 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think you're trading up to number one if you're not getting Caleb Williams this year. Well, I yeah, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, I do. But I guess you just never know how people have have everyone rated. I mean, it, do you think that it should be a, an absolute number one for Caleb Williams from Chicago? Yes, I do. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think he's the next um, – I, mean, I almost said Peyton Manning. I know that's a bad comparison, but you know what I mean by that comparison. He's just – He's viewed as the can't miss prospect. I think you've got. I think you've got to take Caleb Williams and, and take your chances in Chicago. Yeah, they you tried it with like... Justin Fields the past couple of years. It got better towards the tail end of the year. At least I didn't watch every Bears game, but I I, I think you got to take him at number one. I I don't know. I haven't seen enough of Justin Fields. I watched him in college. I, I saw a couple of games where he looked really good. I. If I were in their position, I'd almost be more inclined to trade back, stockpile picks, and build the team from the inside out with some offensive and defensive linemen. Because if you don't do that for Caleb Williams, guess what the story's going to be? It's going to be the exact same as it is with Justin Fields. I don't know. Would Bears logos look cool on fingernails, too? That's something that yeah. you have to evaluate when talking of course. about this. Sure. Like, put it orange, I mean, the, the orange C. Yeah, that might look okay. I don't know what they call those official colors. I mean, is it navy and orange? Is that what it is? I don't know. But I'm sure he could, you know, make something flashy in those two colors on his nails. Yeah. How, sure. how he feels about the shopping in Chicago versus D.C. Would oh, be big Michigan well. Avenue. Yeah. He'll love it. I would think Unbelievable. So. I would think he'd love the shopping there in Chicago. Uh, okay, J.D. in Tulsa says, with the roster as it currently stands, Bama would start 11 five-stars, nine four-stars, and two three-stars, and they're starting 22 if they played Saturday. I think their talent acquisition is probably all right. Well, hang on a second. What does that mean if they if they played Saturday? I, I think I – think is that just going on there and selecting the five stars like they're going to automatically fill in and play? I think the point is, is here's how many five five stars they still have on the roster, even though yeah, they lost I mean, all that's the players. True. I think that's the main point. Yes. Which is impressive. The, the point is correct. I The coffers are so full at Alabama that, you know, the the transfer portal departures that they have would, like, absolutely cripple any other team in college football pretty much but for them they're going to be able to somewhat take it in stride now you know they're losing a lot of starters and in the portal and those guys are going to be replaced by guys that couldn't beat them out so even though they're still really talented and we're highly recruited it's not what they had there previously uh, one more, real quick. Uh, what do y'all think? What do y'all think about the Mizzou upcoming schedule? Seems to be a lot of hype for them next year, but I'm not sure if I'm buying it yet. They have a very favorable schedule, uh, SEC standards. That's they, why, yeah, that's why I picked them to do well, is because do well. They, you picked them to play in the SEC championship oh game. Oh my gosh, they have the have to has to be the easiest schedule in the SEC, right? It is. Yeah, I mean, you don't get Georgia. Um, 
think what you want about Texas. They'll be ranked high. They're not there. Bama, I mean, it, Bama feels like they're going to be a down. Yes, yes, I, I, I bet they do have the most favorable schedule in the SEC. Yeah, it's the easiest teams in the, in the conference except for at Alabama and home against Oklahoma. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. It's football season at your neighborhood.